What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon. Thank you for tuning in to Sales Culture. And so for those that don't know, we are a podcasting agency that really focuses in on trying to help small businesses, micro businesses, startups, solo entrepreneurs really develop a pretty strong content-based marketing approach on a budget. So that's my that's my main purpose here with Sales Culture. So I'm looking to try to add value to you guys. And this is going to be one of my favorite conversations I had at least for this year, at least I would say over the past, you know, um, 10 episodes is really heavy, heavy value packed. So I have Steve Gordon. He is the CEO of the Unstoppable CEO. And man, I got to tell you guys, there's so much information in here. I had to break it up in two parts. <laughs> so that's to let you know what's about to, what you're about to dive into today. And so the first part we want to want to talk about how you can really, you know, his whole purpose behind referral marketing and how and what's the right approach. And so he has reverse engineered the proper way to go about leveraging podcasting so you can get into adding value and leading with value, which is something I extremely I, I believe in the most. So therefore, I, I had to kind of had to slow this episode down, this conversation down so you guys can grasp some of these concepts because there's some really great takeaways. Uh, a couple of things you guys got to listen for is how you can turn your podcast into a book. So he lays out a strategy for that. We also get into the fact that you don't need this endless content wheel, especially for, for a, lot of, a lot of us smaller companies, right? You don't have time to produce it. You don't have time to keep creating tons of, you know, of, you know quality branded content. That takes time. Regurgitating everything that, that's on the web or just restating facts that everyone already knows that you can easily Google, that doesn't do anything for anybody. But coming up with your own perspective and then putting that out there, that takes a little bit more work, a lot more effort, and of course, a lot more manpower and time to do that. And so last but not least, we're going to dive into how he rolls out going about building relationships through podcasting and this is the part i had to stop on because i was like man we got i gotta cut this off because this is exactly what i need to hear and i know my audience is going to grab a ton of value from it so i really hope you guys you know have your notepads ready if not go to salesculture.work i'll have the show notes available there so you guys can grab those key takeaways and look at the processes and see if it makes sense for you guys to implement all right, with that said, please uh, rate it, subscribe it, and tell Steve just how great of a job he has done on this episode. With that said, let's get into today's convo. 96% of B2B buyers want content with more input from industry thought leaders. Launch a podcast and invite influencers on your show to position your brand as an industry leader. I want to welcome on Learn Steve more Gordon at salesculture.org. Man, I'm really excited to have you onto the show. Welcome to the Sales Culture Podcast, Steve. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. So, so you're one of those guys that's doing things differently in the space, and that's why I'm really excited to have have your actual presence on and really try to glean some jewels, hopefully, here from you, and and then hopefully we can kind of tell the audience a little bit about what what you guys are currently working on. But if you don't mind, just kind of starting at, at the very beginning, like how did you get into this space? Matter of fact, even better, what was the first product that you sold or service? Well, so the first service that I ever sold was actually uh, engineering. So my first business was an engineering consulting firm, um, going back to the mid mid nineties. And, uh, and so, um, I kind of cut my teeth selling, you know, large consulting projects, um, anywhere from, you know, on the really small end, four figures, but more likely five, six, seven figure projects. Uh, so I, I, I've been, focused for the last 25 years on trying to like 
reverse engineer, how do you take somebody that's a total stranger and over time create a, enough relationship to warrant them giving you those amounts of money, you know, and trusting you with, with something, you know, that's that important to them. And so, um, you know, so when I started this business, that's really what I wanted to focus on. That was kind of my, um, you know, the, the thing that, that interested me the most. And so, um, in, in 2010, I started, uh, our current firm and we work with, with service businesses trying to figure that out. So how do we, how do we take someone who has a really difficult problem, a really important problem, and uh, one that, that for them to hire you to, to help them with it is going to require that they really trust you and that they're willing to hand over a pretty large amount of money. Um, and, and that's different than I'm going to create an online funnel or I'm going to run some ads on Instagram or whatever. It's just a different process. I mean, yeah, those things have their place, but, um, but really taking someone end to end uh, fascinates me. And so that, that, that was the, the first thing I sold and then how it segued into what we do now. Because my dad's and I, he's one of those hardcore industrial engineers, right? So mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who does not, d- does not like to be sold to. Unlike right. myself, I'm a salesperson. I like to be sold to, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, so, you know, uh, having that logical thought process for someone like that, so right for our time, because now we have so many more tools and data that we can work with. Um, so how, how'd you do that back in the early 2010s? What was that process like for you then to kind of understand that whole, that whole sales cycle? So I, when I started uh, this business, uh, I really did it old school. So I had a network of uh, business owners that, you know, that I knew um, here in my local community. Um, um, you know, I had done some training in copywriting. And so I wrote a sales letter and I wrote a report and just literally did old fashioned direct mail lead generation. Okay. You know, where we offered, we had a sales letter that offered the, the free report. And uh, I had kind of built a, a targeted list of, of a couple hundred businesses that I wanted to work with. And I hired uh, stay-at-home moms from uh, a local mom's website. I just put a little ad up there. Mm-hmm. And they would, um, I'd get the letters printed and I'd have the list and they would stuff it and hand address it and, you know, lick the stamps and stick it on there. <laughs> um, because I knew all that stuff, you know, increased response. And, uh, and so that's kind of how we got our, our uh, business off the ground and got the first batch of clients. And, um, so totally old school. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. You, you know what, um, if you were to kind of build that business right now, if you were coming out the, out the ground and day one, you, you know, you, you don't have that list, let's say, um, how would you go about launching this business now that you have in today's times? If I were starting from scratch, um, yeah. to be perfectly honest, I'd, I'd probably do it in a somewhat similar way, except sure. instead of doing a report, I'd create a book. Um, it's one of the things that I've learned is that it's pretty easy to write a book now that I've written three of them or the fourth on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a 250 page book, but it needs to articulate your worldview and, um, and, and why your approach is different and superior and do it in a way that is going to make people care about that. And if you can do that and, um, you know, and most importantly, have a title for that book that that your target client will look at and go, "Oh, that's for me." Um, then I, I actually think, um, you know, for for an agency or a service type business where you're going after a small number of very high value clients, 
I really do believe direct mail is the most effective way to do it. Wow. Um, okay. You know, now, I mean, that's assuming you know no one. Now, what I might add to that, um, which is something that we picked up on uh, a couple of years into it, is I would add a podcast to the mix, uh, particularly if I didn't know anyone or if I didn't have a network. Because as we were talking about before we started recording, uh, you mentioned that, you know, this podcast has been a real uh, a networking asset for you that you're able to create real relationships with it and do it really quickly. Right. That's one of the things that we've discovered about podcasting as well is that uh, you can actually use it as a, a prospecting and networking tool right. and kind of do some under the radar selling. And so I, you know, if I were starting from scratch again, I'd, I'd use those two strategies kind of in parallel uh, you know, where we're doing some direct lead generation just to see who's going to raise a hand and has interest with uh, the mail and a book. And, uh, and then I'd use a podcast, uh, you know, to, to create the relationships that I needed. And then again, use the book to drive referrals from those relationships. Do you actually focus it in so more so on trying to sell the books or are they more so giveaways to, to like lots of your clients? Oh, I, they're, they're giveaways. So mm -hmm. in, in any of the, um, the marketing that we do and, and, you know, we'll, we'll help clients create the books as well. That one, so coming back around to the idea of the podcast, one of the things that I like about this particular medium for most business owners is that there are very few business owners that would call themselves prolific writers. Okay. Yes. And so if you're going to have a book and, you know, do content marketing and all the stuff that we're taught to do these days, um, if you're not a really great writer, you're at a disadvantage until you discover podcasting. And so the, for me, the podcast is, is a way for a business owner who doesn't have a whole lot of time and who is perfectly great at sitting down across the table from someone and explaining what they do, but is never going to be able to sit down and, and write it mm -hmm. for them to sit down and, and articulate all of their ideas. And, and so a lot of times what we'll do with a podcast with a client is, you know, the, the first, you know, six, eight, 10 episodes, each one is like a chapter of their book. And we're doing it very strategically where they are, you know, they're kind of laying out their worldview in an organized way. We've outlined it and we've thought about it. So it gets that part done. Mm -hmm. And then it rolls into networking. And now as you network, and you've got this book created, you know, cause once you've spoken it, it's pretty easy to get a team that'll, you know, come in and, and, and turn that into a physical book for you. Right. Now you've got something where you can go to all those relationships and you can say to them, look, Joe, I, I'm on a mission to, you know, in our case, we do a lot with referral marketing. So what I would say is Joe, I'm on a, a mission to transform the way that businesses generate referrals and, I'm really passionate about it and it's, you know, kind of the whole focus of our business and I've written this book on the topic and I'm trying to get it in the hands of as many business owners as I can so that I can have an impact with them. I know I'm not going to be able to work with everybody. So this is kind of my way to, to get the message out there. And I know, you know, some people that could really use this information. Would you be willing to sit down with me and brainstorm maybe five or 10 or 20 people that could really benefit from having a copy of the book? I'd like to send it to him as a gift from you. What do you say? Love it. No, it's beautiful. I mean, you, you know, so there's so many things I want to really kind of unpack there for a second because a referral marketing is huge for, I mean, and, and that's the main meat of this conversation I want to get into, but even with the podcasting, how do you, 
come across podcasting to kind of be this space? Was it something that you've just did naturally and then you figured it out kind of, cause that's, I just kind of stumbled into it, but I, I would love to hear it. So I, I was one of those geeks that started listening to podcasts back in probably yeah, what was the first one? 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. I mean, like back, back then you actually had to, I had an iPod yeah, <laughs> like with the little dial on it. Right. And yeah. you had to plug that into your computer and you you download the podcasts on your computer and then you'd have to plug in the iPod and sync it. And then I, I would travel one. So when I was on the road driving, I would listen to podcasts and I, you know, I liked them a lot and I thought, well, gee, it doesn't sound like it's all that difficult to do one. So in 2012, I, I decided to do one. And, um, and so I, I went around and, and uh, interviewed, like we did 50 episodes. It lasted for a year or so, about an episode a week. And I interviewed all of these marketing experts from all over the world. It was awesome. It was fantastic networking, as you've said. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that you know about podcasting and anybody that has tried it knows is that after a while, it gets to be an awful lot of work. There are a lot of moving parts. Yes. So um, we were really fortunate. We got a bunch of clients that year, and um, and I just got too busy to keep up with it. I was kind of just doing it on the side and, and extra time myself. Um, so we dropped the podcast. Well, in 2014, I wrote uh, my first book, Unstoppable Referrals, and I had stayed in touch with the people that I had interviewed. I'd built these relationships, and I went back to to all 50 of them. And out of the 50, 15 said they would be willing to help me promote this new book I had coming out. And the week that we launched the book, we, you know, because those people helped me promote it, we were able to move 5,268 copies of the book in a week. Wow. Wow. Uh, That's awesome. I didn't have that many people on my email list. (laughs) I could never have done that on my own without their help, without those relationships. And, uh, you know, and so that lesson kind of stuck and I didn't really come back to it until, um, until a couple of years ago when we launched the Unstoppable CEO podcast. And, uh, and it's just been such a, a boon for our business. In fact, after a year of doing that, I had so many people asking us, well, how are you doing this? You know, and our clients were coming to us saying, hey, can, you know, could you do the same thing for us? So we started producing them for clients. So smart. I mean, and, and, you know, one of the one of the traps I fell into because I literally walked into a blind, just a pure passion of love for podcasting. Because just like yourself, I wasn't listening back in '08, but I really got into it hip like around 2014, and um, I fell in with a couple shows like Combat Jack Show, was just a wild, crazy show, and um, and and I was and I just loved the content, and I was like, oh, I want to do some content, but I I lost track of my content was all over the place. Right. <laughs> and so how do you help CEOs kind of guide their thinking about having that cohesive messaging? How, how would you kind of. Well, I, I, you know, the, 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 it, the hopeful thing to understand with all of this is that you don't have to create content endlessly. Mm. You know, um, if you've got your worldview um, and you can boil that down into, you know, six or eight or 10 key points, you've got 10 episodes right there where you're going to talk about that. Right. And then if you want to, those can be turned into articles or they can be turned into a book or, you know, other types of written content. Um, you can get a, you know, a writer and an editor who will do that for you. So you don't have to write it. And then once you've done that, 
yeah, you need to keep creating content, but it doesn't have to be you. It's not like you have to keep coming up with new ideas all the time. Uh, that's one of the things that I really love about podcasting is you can use it as a relationship building tool, which it's really, really valuable for. Um, I think that's kind of the untapped potential in it. Um, and, and we can talk for in a minute about why I think, I mean, it's, I think it's totally ignored by the vast majority of, of podcasters, even the ones that say they're doing it for the networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second, but, um, but it's, it's got this huge relationship building quality to it. But as you're building those relationships, somebody else is creating your content, you know, and you're able to, you know, record that, send it out to everybody that, you know, um, you know, it's, you know, if you think about like the tonight show or something like that, yeah, Leno had a a monologue every night, but it didn't last for very long. And then he had other people on there talking because if it was just a Leno monologue every night and that's all that it was after a while, nobody would tune in. Right. You tuned in to see the guest. Okay. But we all love Leno and we all remember Leno over all of the guests because he was the one that was bringing them to us. And so it gives you the opportunity to kind of have that position as the host uh, where you're bringing these great people, these great resources, you're creating amazing relationships with them. Uh, It just, there's so many strategic byproducts to it that it can really be the central thing that drives all of your marketing and, uh, and you can do it in a really time efficient way. Whereas the business owner, maybe you're only spending four hours on all of your marketing for the month. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think you're right. A lot of us do lose sight of that relationship component. Because it is powerful. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like going to a networking event to me. I mean, it's just probably we wouldn't spend a good 30 minutes at a networking just, you know, talking straight on about what you're doing in your world, right? But I mean, but, but, but podcasting gives us that actual opportunity to kind of do that. I mean, I mean, so why do you think people kind of lose sight of that relationship? Is it because they're in that hunter mentality of trying to grow the business and, they, and they're not, you know, cultivating those relationships? What, what's, your, what's your thoughts there? I, I think um, they, they haven't they haven't thought about well, what am I going to do next? Hmm. Most people get through the, the point of, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do these interviews. I'm going to meet all these people. And they get caught up in that part of it. And then they don't think about, okay, well, what's the next move? And then what's the move after that? How are we going to make this a valuable relationship for both parties? And, uh, and the same thing happens in, in uh, you know, like, you're one-on-one networking. If you're doing networking at, let's say a local networking group, um, which I'm so thankful. I was able to go cold Turkey on that in 2012 when I started the other podcast and, <laughs> um, and I haven't gone back yet and I don't miss it. Cold turkey. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but you know, you've got to think through, all right, how am I going to stay in touch with this person? I have a relationship with them. Um, yeah. We had a great, 30 minute or hour long interview. Um, and you know, we seem to hit it off and now how do we turn this into, uh, you know, a way to, to grow your, you know, your business or grow both businesses. Um, you know, and so you've got to be thinking about like, what's my next move. And so for us, when a guest comes on, we do some things before the interview to really tee up the relationship. And we do this for all of our clients as well. So we send out something we call the wow kit. And we're trying to create like a wow experience for this person before the interview. And as far as I can tell, we're the only ones that are doing this in podcasting because I've done, um, 
I don't know, I've done 60 plus or 70 interviews over the last year on other people's podcasts and I, and nobody's done this yet. So you can take this away. You can be the second one to do this. Okay. <laughs> so a guest books. Bouncing back to you, Steve, but, but yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a guest books on our show and, um, and, and we put together a box for them. And in that box, it's got uh, a packet of, of information that basically prepares them to be a really great guest on the show. And, uh, you know, and you did something amazing. You sent me um, a, a Word document that had kind of the same idea. And uh, you're one of the few people that, that uh, out of all the interviews I've done, that's even done that. Really? You know, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most of the time, it's just you sort of show up and, and start talking. But uh, so we send this out and it, you know, it's got, it's about five or six pages. It's all branded to our podcast or if we're doing it for a client, it's branded to their podcast and it's in this, you know, cool little folder inside the box. It says how to prepare for your interview. And, you know, it walks them through all the questions that guests typically have. It gives them the connection information, you know, in addition to, you know, the fact that we email it to them multiple times, it, you know, it, it tells them here's, you know, how to share the interview. Here's ideas for sharing. Here's what we're going to send you after the interview is done when it's published so that you can share it to make it easy. Here's a, you know, a blank sheet of paper, you know, with uh, space for you to brainstorm what you want to talk about. Um, you know, we tell them, Hey, go to, you know, go to a coffee shop. Here are the, the four or five kind of questions that we ask on most interviews, um, to give you an idea of the flow of the conversation. So it, it just gets them prepared. Well, what is that doing? That's, that's showing them that we're, we really care about them and we want them to, to shine and succeed. And along with that, and, and part of the theme of this is we say, Hey, get a cup of coffee or something stronger. And, and, uh, you know, and sit down and, and do all your prep. Well, we send them a Yeti mug, um, you know, one of those stainless steel mugs with the podcast logo on it. So they've got something to remember that, hey, they were a guest on that show. That's so cool. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I, I know that that Yeti mug isn't going to get thrown away. No. And they're likely going to use it to drink their coffee out of every day. And every time they do, they're going to think about me. I think that's brilliant. I mean, I mean, even though it's even though it's a very simple and, and very subtle tactic, I believe it's just that so many people don't know how to go about interviewing. Like I wasn't trained in journalism. I don't know anything about how to be on a podcast. This is just purely me just taking calls and doing interviews and trying to figure out and, and then trying to think through it. But it's like guiding guests through who might this might be their first or second or 10th episode only. And they don't know what they're walking into. They're kind of going in blind. Right. And kind of giving them that that actual confidence say, hey, these are the questions, you know, you can ask me this and then give them something to say, hey, share it because discovering podcasts is difficult. It's still a big hurdle, I would say. Oh, yeah. It, it, I think that's that's the biggest challenge. And and, um, and and so that's how we start the relationship. Then they come on the interview and usually one of the first things they say is, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> I, nobody's ever done this for me before. So we're starting off the relationship like that. Okay. What does that do? All right. So that tees them up to really, you know, we talk about know, like, and trust in sales all the time. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. I've already established some trust because I've sent them a gift um, and I've, I've shown that I care about them and I'm looking out for them and I want them to be successful because we've helped them prepare. Um, I've established like because we've given them a gift, you know, and we've done it offline. Um, and now they definitely know who I am and they're not going to forget because 
they'll, you know, I hear all the time, oh, nobody else has done that for me. All right. So I've started off on the right foot. Well, now we do the interview. That's all great. We get to build rapport and relationship. Um, you know, most of the time you're, you're going to do it over something like zoom, like you and I are now. So, um, you know, we can see each other face to face, which is great. And, uh, you know, and then at the end of the interview, um, what we teach our clients to do is just try and find out where they're going in the future. Hmm. You know, I always like to ask uh, one of my mentors is a guy named Dan Sullivan, uh, who founded strategic coach. And he's got this great little book, um, which everybody listening should go get, you can get it on Amazon. It's called the Dan Sullivan question. And it's just, I think one of the best sales questions you could ever ask. And it goes something like this. Um, you know, if, uh, Joe, if, if we're meeting three years from today, what has to happen between now and then for you to feel really happy with your progress? Hmm. And then you just shut up and you listen. And, and, uh, after you've had a really great interview with someone, they're jazzed, you've got them talking. It's no big deal. Once you stop the recording to ask them that, and they're going to go, Oh, wow. You know, um, I'm, I got this planned and, and you know, my business, you know, my business has these goals and all this. Well, what are they doing there? They're giving you the roadmap for how you can add value to them. Mm -hmm. And if it's a prospect, you know, then they're probably giving you the roadmap for how you can potentially come in and deliver your product or service to them because you'll know how it's going to fit into what they're trying to achieve. If they're somebody who might just be a great partner, you know, you've now got the, the roadmap for how you can come in and, you know, add value by maybe adding value to their customers or clients or their network. And, uh, and so one of the things we teach our clients to do is after you ask that, just, you just go away and say, Hey, would, you know, would it be okay, Joe, if we came back in a couple of days, I, now that you've shared all that, I, it's got, got me thinking, you know, I've probably got some contacts cause I've been interviewing all these people on the podcast and I've probably got some contacts that would help you get to those goals. And I may be able to come up with some ideas that would help too. You want to meet on Tuesday and uh, 30 minutes and, you know, I'll, I'll do a little brainstorming and see what I can come up with. And they always say yes. Of course. Right. Cause you're trying to help them. Yeah. So you come back with connections for them. You come back with ideas and you know, sometimes that idea might be to do business with you sometimes. The, and it, and it, at that point it's coming from a place of being really, really helpful. Right. You're like, Oh, you shared this goal with me. You know, I really, I think that this service we offer or this product we offer would really get you there faster. Would you be open to talking about that? Of course, they're going to be open to talking about, it. you know, you may come back and say, you know, if they're not a potential client, you may come back and say, Hey, you know, you shared with me all your, you know, your goals. How are you going about marketing that? You know, how are you giving value to your, uh, you know, to your network or to your audience? Uh, to your prospects. Hey, you know, I have this expertise over here that might be useful to them. What if we teamed up and, um, you know, and I did a, a lunch and learn or a webinar, you know, or you interviewed me and you sent it out to them as kind of a value add to all those people, you know, and we'll really kind of make you look like the hero for bringing them this information. So there's all kinds of ways that you can use that relationship at that point to both help that person and help your own interests. I, I think as long as you're thinking like that, there's, there's no reason, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Um, and then following on after the interview, and this is the big area where people, I think, just completely drop the ball when they have a podcast. I never hear from podcast hosts after I'm on the show. Ever. So guests that come on our show, 
we put them on our monthly newsletter list. And so we send a print newsletter out to print all of newsletter. our, yeah, print newsletter. Cause everybody gets email newsletters and I want to yeah. be different. Yeah. I want to yeah. be more valuable. Yep. So we send a print newsletter out to everybody that's ever been on our podcast. And we also send it out to all the hosts where I've been on their podcast. Um, you know, just as a way to stay in front of them every month, you know, and oftentimes we're repurposing content from, you know, an email or something we might send to our list. But man, I get love notes from people in, in my network. Like, Oh, I got, in fact, I got two just this week uh, from the newsletter that we sent out in December, you know, with people saying, Oh, I loved your newsletter. I read it over the holidays, you know? So what does that do for me going into the year? Well, with, with two of the people that I interviewed just towards the end of the year who just started getting all this follow-up, we were able to, to set up two lead generation webinars where they're hosting us to their audience. Um, they're happy to do it. It's helping them and it's helping us. And, you know, we'll probably generate a few hundred leads out of that. That has been one of the best ways I've heard in a long time to map back to adding value to people. People talk about adding value all the time. Like you hear people say, you got to add value, you got to add value. But all right, what does that mean? And, and what's your strategy to really get there, right? Because it, it, when, I, when I think about things, especially as a, as a salesperson coming from that angle, you know, you already have the stigma that a lot of people have about when they talk to salespeople, right? So that's, that's one wall there. And then you throw the internet up there, which kind of, it kind of neutralizes everything. Like the old school stuff is kind of different. You can't pull a lot of this stuff that, you know, I was trained up, <laughs> trained up to do around spin selling. And don't get me wrong. Some of those questions still, I still have the place. So I'm not knocking those systems, but, but the internet has provided so much more information. By the time they reach out to me and my team, they're already, you know, 80% down the, you know, down the path. There's just a couple missing pieces, right? Cause there's so much content that we try to get out and, and that everyone else is putting out into the marketplace as well. So mapping something that's authentic back to them, that's based off what their real goal is. That that one book, I got to put it in actual show notes, Dan Sullivan, the question, right? Yeah, the Dan Sullivan question. Got to make sure I have that, man, because I, I think that's one of the best questions to ask. I mean, if, if you can get in the real place with someone, then podcasting gives you that opportunity. So, man, that was that was awesome. <laughs> that oh, thank was, you, yeah. That was like... That was like going from playing checkers like chess there. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's the deal. I mean, and most yeah. everybody's playing checkers, right? Mm -hmm. So if we stop a little bit and, and think about what we're trying to do and then start playing chess, it's the, the whole game is easier. And more than that, you start, you know, you literally are playing a different game than anyone else, which means there's no competition. Right. And I, I'm a big believer in, in the idea that, that, you know, we don't have competition. Yes, there are other companies that do the specific things that we do, but we've worked really hard to, as much as possible, create a monopoly among the prospects that we want to do business with. And, um, and so some of these are the ways that we do it, but, um, yeah, I, I think you want to be playing a different game. If you're playing the game that everybody else is playing, that means somebody else set the rules, and that's just stupid. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, it is. you want to set the rules and play your own game. And so to me, this is the perfect place 
to stop and put a pause into it. So I'm going to break this up into two segments, right? This is episode 99. I'll have it be episode 100 because I think there's a nice thesis that I'm going to run with. And, you know, there's so many takeaways from this, man. You don't need to be in this constant dark side of constantly building content. There's so many different things that we could possibly do, but we'll get into the other aspects as well. And I'll share his episode later on. Well, it's going to be early next week whenever it comes out next Tuesday. And so with that said, guys, please go check out the show notes. Go to salesculture.work and please let Steve know um, that that you heard about him on the actual Sales Culture Podcast. Love you guys get linked up with him. I think he's a great resource to a lot of small business guys like ourselves. And you can definitely catch uh, all of his contact information in the actual links below or you can go to salesculture.work for more details. With that said, guys, I'm out of here. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.